Welcome back, everyone, to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker. Happy 2021. You guys, I am so excited about this episode. I had the opportunity to interview the Avila Bennett. She is a dynamic social worker. So first of all, welcome and happy 2021. If you are new to this podcast, this podcast is designed to teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. Hey, listen, do not go anywhere. The Avila has spilled the tea. Yes, she talks about private practice. She's transparent with the finances, how much she charged for individual sessions. And listen, if you are interested in or have questions about starting a private practice, areas or different opportunities for social workers, you do not want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome. Welcome, Diavola. How are you today? I'm doing well. It is Sunday, so I'm excited. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you again for um, being a guest on my podcast and um, sharing your experience with um, the listeners today. Thank you. No problem at all. I'm super excited to be a part of this. Yes. So when you hear Six Figure Social Worker, what comes to mind? six-figure social worker someone that you know probably has a lot of multiple streams of income as far as like diversifying they're not they're not only in it for the outcome but the income (laughs) so that's kind of like what I think about when I hear it okay awesome I like that not in it for the out only not only in it for the outcome but the income as well Absolutely. Absolutely. And so my focus really is um, teaching social workers how to make a living while they're making a difference, you know, I mean, because the last thing we want is to help everybody else and then be in a position where we can't pay our bills. Right. We don't know where the food is going to come from. So um, and it's also a mindset as well, you know, really understanding who we are as um, helpers. Right, and those who have sacrificed so much to make sure everybody else is okay, I guess. So, how long have you been in the field? So, I started when I, I count when I first got my first internship, and that was in 2014. Um, I graduated with my master's in social work in 2016, and then I received my LMSW that August. I graduated that May and received it that August and I started working at a behavior health. So between 2014 and 2016 is when I really started getting into the field. Okay. Okay. Now where are you located? So I am located in Memphis, Tennessee, and then I'm licensed as a licensed clinical social worker in Tennessee, Texas, and Arkansas, and hopefully Georgia within the next couple of months. Awesome. Awesome. Now, are you doing um, virtual? How are you um, meeting the needs in those other areas? Right. So I definitely do virtual or as some people call it, telehealth, which has been very helpful. I started when the pandemic um kind of went into effect in March for Memphis and I have not seen a client physically since March. It has all been telehealth. Wow. That's amazing. Now, do you have your own private practice? 
Yes, so um, my private practice is Ask Diablo Shade. It started off as a podcast back in 2017 and then went on to YouTube and then kind of transitioned. I use it as the name for my private practice. Um, but yes, it is physically located in Memphis, Tennessee. Awesome, awesome. Now, when did you transition to, um, I guess, opening up your private practice? Share that process with us. Of course. So it's a little backstory. Um, I always knew I wanted to own my own private practices. Um, I just really wasn't sure when or how I was going to go about it. So when I first got into the field as the LMSW, I was working at a behavior health hospital. And I did that for almost three years. And then I transitioned to school counseling because I just wanted something different. So when I transitioned to being a school social worker and providing counseling service in that ethic, I joined a group practice just to kind of get my feet wet to see, hmm, is this something I really want and then um, I would see how like at the group practice they did a 60-40 split so they would take 40% and we would take 60% of whatever I brought in but I was always putting myself out there as far as like putting myself in directories or you know social media it's like the new business card I'm up here you know promoting myself via here so I was bringing in all these diverse clients and I'm like I can do this myself so I started at the group practice, I want to say it was, yeah, it was 2019, probably about, I didn't really start seeing clients until June, by October, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this myself. So when I finally committed to, I want to do my own private practice that October 19, I opened mine January 2020. Awesome. Awesome. Now you have a um, LLC, correct? Yes, Axiavla Shada LLC, and I'm really like what my accountant has been getting me to just for the good tax breaks is converting it to a C corp. So I was like, okay, I guess that'll be on my to do list this year. Absolutely, and I would just second that because mm-hmm. I've had my private practice since 2000 um, and uh, 14, probably 2014, and just now. I'm just now realizing the importance of, or the benefit of turning it into an escort. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely because, yeah, they tax you um, twice. <laughs> Child, now, okay, now, again, this is stuff they don't teach you in, like, when you're in your master's program. And it's so, I'm like, can we get a class on this? Like, we should have known that LLC is just not the biggest thing that you can achieve for, or even just, like, business practices within the social work field. So that's something I also want to start educating, like, up-and-coming social work, because things that I wish I would have known, like, baby, how much we pay taxes last year like, just pay taxes again uh right before i let they do january 20th or january 21st and just had to pay them for the end of that whole fiscal year and i'm like okay i'm this i'm over this right right you are not alone you are not alone but see that's why i like what you said like um your desire to you know teach or you know reach out to upcoming social workers you know because it's the things that they don't tell us right And so, again, that's really another um, one of the main, you know, missions of this podcast is letting social workers know, number one, that I believe that you've chosen the the best field, right? It's a dynamic field. It doesn't um, box you in. So when you get tired of working for someone else, you can absolutely work for yourself. When you get, if you don't, if you no longer want to do individuals, you can be in more of a management position. So it gives you a range of um opportunities in this in this field so i really would do it over if i had to (laughs) (laughs) so okay so i love how you took advantage of this pandemic is that what happened (laughs) 
Yes, you did. So I want to say I kind of like just rolled with the what was going on because even though like when I first launched, I had on my flyer like, hey, we'll be offering telehealth services. I just didn't promote it because I'm just like, look, I have a building, listen, everyone's going to come in here and see me. So Mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit, I was like, how that wait now, run it back, how we going to do this? Like, how we both met? I just opened up a business. Like, what's going on? So then I just kind of like starting to see which clients were going to be okay with, you know, hey, can you want to try this for the first, you know, session to see if you like it and we'll continue. If not, then, you know, we'll refer out. Just don't know what this is all March. So then people, some people were just like, no, I don't think I want to do this. So I got really scared and was just like, oh my goodness, I'm literally about to (laughs) like belly up in business the first year I go to business just because we're in a panoramic. But the people that said they weren't ready ended up coming back and then so like being in the pandemic for so long people were just like their mental health was just challenged so people were just like wait do you still got spots over what are we doing what are we doing so yeah I, I just think I kind of more so just found an alternative of how to meet people where they were and mm-hmm. serve them in a more flexible capacity Absolutely, absolutely. And the reason why I said advantage, right, is because you didn't sit back and say, okay, oh my goodness, this is, you know, um, I I don't know what to do, you know, I can't step out. But you just said, wait, hold on, there's a need and I just have to see, (laughs) you know, and here it is, what, almost a year later? Yes, I have been in private practice by myself for over a year now. We just hit the one year mark uh, this month and it has, I can't believe how well we did last year. Like I'm, sometimes I'm, when I'm looking at the numbers with my accountant, I'm just like, oh, we, I really did this. Like, right. thank you Lord. amen and amen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So what would, what would you say? Because you said, you said, um, I appreciate your experience, right? Just the fear that you had, but you moved anyway. You know, so what would you say to um, someone that's listening now who is in that same kind of position where they're tired of being overworked, underpaid, they have a desire to start their private practice, and they're even thinking about um, or questioning their decision to be a social worker? What would you say to that person? Um, one, I definitely feel like our field is something that you're called to. So if you're here, it's because you have purpose in this field. So don't be afraid of your purpose. Um, it's a really, the hardest part of it all is making the decision to do it. It's not actually doing it. And that's what I learned. It's just like committing to the decision saying, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to walk out on faith. And we're going to just hope that what, whether it's, you know, rainy days or sunny days that I'm going to make it through. So if you have it in your heart to go do it and that's how you, you know, you really want to open up that private practice, do it. And like, I had so much advice um, that I give clinicians and number one just do not undercharge yourself please just don't don't even think about it don't second guess it like I'm in Memphis and it's kind of a crabs in a barrel mentality here Mm -hmm. so of course when there's not a lot of black clinicians doing what I'm doing and then I'm a cash only private practice like I don't take insurance okay and I did it when I was at the group practice but once I left I was like yeah no I'm not doing that because sometimes you'll get paid two weeks two months I, I don't have time these bills do today right so, <laughs> um, it was a lot of hesitancy like even when my accountant was working with me like you sure y'all want to take insurance like you'll probably get filled up I yeah I saw you got filled up really quickly when you have insurance but I'm just like I want 
the clients that are meant for me and I don't want to just work this type of population where I'm just taking people just because they have insurance and then people don't do the work and then I, if you're paying out of pocket these individuals a lot of them are ready to do the work because they're paying you absolutely and yeah don't undercharge don't right now give us a give us a range like how how what's a um I guess a cost for an hour session 45 minutes to hour session Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I did at first, and I changed it in the summer. I never had an issue talking about money because I look, I want y'all all to win, okay? Listen, right, right. right. So, I when I first, right. so when I first started in January, my rates were $70, and if you pay exact cash, I gave you a $5 discount. Like, that's, that's what I was doing. Okay. And I was just like, okay, this is nice money, but I'm also working really hard, and I'm also a doctoral student. Like, now I'm a third-year doctor. And this is my last year of coursework, and I'm EM, EMDR trained. Like I have these certifications, and I'm charging sixty-five to seventy dollars. Don't do that. I um, no, I don't care where you at. Don't do that. So I moved the fee up to one hundred, like probably when I was six months in. And then before I knew, I had twelve. I had over twenty clients paying the one hundred dollar fee, and I was like, so I really was just like, okay, I really want to work less hours. But mm-hmm. I want to bring in a certain amount of income. So then I changed the fee to 150 And that's where I am now. My fee is 150 Okay. And I, the goal is the ones, like I grandfathered uh, my clients in, they were paying the 100 and that's all new clients pay 150 So even if they're at my minimum of 100 if I see three clients a day, five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday, I, and I do that every week, that's $6,000 by itself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, listen. Way more than when I was working at a mental health hospital. Way more than I was working as a school social worker. And I'm literally working three-hour days. Girl, you spilling the tea. I love it. And want to. Because I was like, there are people that pay that 150 And sometimes I'm just like, who should have? For real? Like, I I see you, see me, see you, see me doing this? Okay. (laughs) So it's just really, my therapist really helped me to overcome that imposter syndrome like I am more than qualified and then you look at clinicians of another race and they're charging 200 250 300 dollars for a 45 minute session us as like black women especially feel like we have to dumb down our prices or minimize like I want to attract the clients that I feel you know would best work for me and they can afford my services but then when this happens I'm able to give back and offer pro bono you know counseling like four sessions here four sessions there but the people because now I have the income to do so so yeah I can go and do that (laughs) this that's awesome that's I appreciate um, your transparency, especially when we're talking about finances. And I even just take a moment to speak blessings over your business and over your finances as you're, you know, <laughs> helping other people. Yeah. Okay. So help us understand. So here you are, you have master's in social work, EMDR certified, um, and you're a doctoral student. So help us understand um, the decision to go in and get your doctorate. Okay, so be better than me. I was really at a place, I was still working at the mental health hospital, so I was just really kind of bored. <laughs> like, I went and got my doctorate because I just was like, this will look good. It's not that you need to, because once you get the LCSW, it's not 
necessary that you go get a doctorate. So in my place where I was, like I was, I was just so focused on business and so focused on, I love education that I was like, why not just get a terminal degree? So that was really, if I'm being honest, why I did okay. it. It wasn't like this big calling of, you should go be a doctor. Like people said, spoke doctor over me, but I was like, no, as I'm done with my master's, I'm sad. I'm sad, boss. Like, I wasn't thinking But yeah, so that's how I got into my doctorate program. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, now, let's see. You said something else, and I'm like, okay, wait, I want to make sure I grab that to um, have you expound just a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, how how do you, are you on social media? Oh, yeah. Um, I always tell people social media is the new business card. So on my intake paperwork, um, I always ask clients where they found me. Now, if they're not finding me in like a direct tour, they're finding me uh, on social media. So I have an Instagram, X Diablo Shade, where I do daily mental health tidbits. And uh, it could be about mental health. It could be about relationships. So that's been my real thing. Like, even now I'm into reels. So, like, one of my reels last week got over 4,000 views. And it's always centered around me as the therapist and something going on or something crazy. So I really do little daily tidbits. Just, I might take a post or a picture that might have gone viral. And I'll just put, like, my two cents on it from a therapy. And then at the end, I'll be like, tidbit from your favorite therapist. So that has really gotten a lot of people because they'll follow you for a while before they ever reach out about services because they kind of get a feel of who you are they get a feel of like if you're supplying this content and it's free imagine what i could get if i actually paid for your service absolutely so that's been helpful i also do a newsletter once a month and that's the therapeutic corner where i will suggest a therapeutic book of the month a self-care item of the month usually connected to a black business um, and a mental health tip of the month. And then we have a section called Millennial Diaries where people are able to write in a question that they want answered from me as a licensed therapist. This is awesome. Now, do you have a website? Yes, xdiablashade.com. So that's the website. You can find everything on there. And then social media is all attached to that as well. Awesome. Now, how old are you? I will be 30 in April. Girl, and you doing it. To me, that is young. And you doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Like, I'm ready. I have, I like, I learned a lot uh, from my 20s. So I'm excited about, you know, starting 30 coming up. And I'm really excited to see what it really has to offer. What it brings. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Now, oh, that's the other thing. You did mention that you had to have a therapist. Yes, I do. I love her so much. <laughs> Help us understand the decision um, for that. And because I hear a lot of people saying, you know, well, I don't want a therapist who doesn't have a therapist and, you know, different things like that. Help us understand the benefit of you having a therapist. Yeah, one, um, it's just we're all human. So just because like I'm a clinician does not mean that I don't have struggles in some areas. So um, I wanted a black woman. I wanted someone that was just a little bit older than me, but still young enough that I feel like you could understand like maybe the plights of a millennial. So um, I always believe that every great therapist has a therapist. Like it's no way you can provide adequate or quality care if you're not taking care of yourself, especially you have 
everyone like dumping their traumas on you and what they're going through like transference all that is real and vicarious trauma is Absolutely. real people so you got to take care of yourself so my therapist not only gives me that outlet to just like sometimes that imposter syndrome that creeps in about you know how am i helping someone and then i might be going through a situation but even like things that might get tapped into because it's connected to my client so say if my client might have had relationship like I'm divorced might have been going through a divorce it's like oh I remember feeling like that so even though I'm able to help her because not only did I go through it but from a clinical point it might bring up some residual feelings that I didn't even know I had so it's good to be able to go to your therapist and process that to make sure hey let me check in with myself because that was heavy Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because when I started, so I've been working at um, or contracting as a clinical director for two behavioral health organizations. So when I expanded my private practice, I did it with a focus on helping other therapists, you know, so I consider myself a therapist for therapists you know, or a clinician for clinicians, because I recognize that very fact, you know, we spend so much time helping others. And then, you know, we set in question whether or not we will be um, judged because we're seeing a therapist. So thank you for um, sharing that as well. I hope people just kind of uh, work to just destigmatize like what mental health looks like. Like just like physical health and spiritual health, we all have mental health. Like it's yes. not just connected to crazy people. No, right? Awesome, awesome. Let me see. I de I definitely want to make sure I'm pulling on you a lot before I let you go you are doing some great things and i'm excited like i said when i seen um your post i was like yes yes <laughs> I, I mean i like heard your spirit through the message the post yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see what what else do you think we need to know um about you or what would you like to share what else would you like to share that i haven't asked that the um listeners could actually benefit from in relation to business, like the first thing I already said was just don't undercharge. And then we also talked about going out on faith and being able to trust that you can do this. Um, I would say just network with other therapists, counselors, nurse practitioners in your area, doctors in your area, if you're worried about getting referrals because that word of mouth is something serious. Like Absolutely. that's a lot of times where I get a lot of clients is either because my clients go out and say, oh my God, this is my therapist, you need to go to her. But someone be like, uh, this is my therapist, you can't go to her, I'm gonna find somebody else. I'm gonna see who, who she got for you. <laughs> so like someone be like, I'm not sharing her. <laughs> and I'm like, we right. about you, but okay. <laughs> uh, but no, just networking, if you want to build that word of mouth, because um, that has helped me tremendously, especially with the Black community. A lot of Black doctors, nurse practitioners would just be like, hey, I'm you know, developing a resource. I want to be able to send people your way. And then I, I refer out to so many uh, clinicians here in Memphis mm -hmm. because, one, I don't take insurance. So, of course, a lot of people will, I want to get her, but then I find out she don't take insurance. Uh, I'm like, that's okay. I know about three women, three strong, great therapists that would be great for your student black men therapists that would be great for you so i refer out so when these you know clinicians get referrals it's like oh i'm gonna make sure i return the favor with her and refer out so you're building like this we're not in competition with each other you know we're we're helping each other because we cannot serve everyone 
Right. Like, and to know the past, I would never want to serve everyone in Memphis. I couldn't. Like, <laughs> even I got three licenses, but I can't serve uh, everybody in all three of these states. It, I, oof, right. I Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how long have you been EMDR certified? Okay, so I just got EMDR certified last year. So okay. it's fairly recent and it is fun, but it really, uh, it, it triggers. I mean, like my clients, they're just like, this is a lot. And I'm like, I know, but we're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a lot. I will always tell people, make sure you get certifications and things that you love to not, don't get certifications just to have them. Like get them in something that you love that yeah. also goes with the population you want to work with. I love working with people that have trauma. Yes. Uh, so like this just works out like absolutely absolutely and then the other thing i knew it was um another thing that i wanted to ask you what was the process share with us the process that you went through in order to be licensed in the different um states like did you have to take a test or exam again um so far no so it started out the first day I took the you know initial ASWB exam was for Little Rock, well for Arkansas, let me say that. It was for Arkansas. So then I applied for reciprocity in Tennessee. So they offer reciprocity and they're gonna ask for verification of your scores. They're gonna ask you to send, you know, your verification of your license from another state and whatever else they want. And then I got licensed in that state. And then in Texas, Texas doesn't do reciprocity, but they do endorsements which is just like reciprocity so I don't know why they don't call it but basically they do endorsement because they're just going to say you're an LCSW in our state like you, you didn't do it by reciprocity you are one in our state you met the requirements okay. so that's why they do it and they just want verification from all states that you're licensing that's that took me a little longer for that application because i just sent it from my home state uh where i first um got my first license which was arkansas and they were just like okay sis but we don't have to see the tennessee license too so i learned from that that they wanted from every state that you're in and with texas they want you to take the jurisprudence exam um, which is really super easy because they give you the answers. Um, but they, there's different things you have to take for that state. And once I completed all that, I was licensed in that state, which that took the longest. It took months to get licensed in Texas. Like I started that application in August and I didn't get licensed, I think, until December of 2019. Like it took okay. forever. But yeah, I, I got my LCSW January 2019 in Arkansas. And then that entire year of 2019, I got licensed in three states. Okay. Awesome, yeah. awesome. You've been working it. You've been I'm working. Fine. One more state. Let's try to get Georgia. I said Georgia. Well, and the only reason I waited because I had to renew my licenses this year, and I want them all on the same time frame of when they're due. Like okay. all of them are due this year, so I'm just like, let's go ahead and throw, you know, Georgia in here, so we can have them in two more years. All four of them will be due. Absolutely awesome, awesome. So I am excited. Is there a book on the horizon? Well, I already have my first book out, which is a journal. It's the Therapeutic Journal, 30 Prompts to Aid in or to Help in Self-Discovery. Um, I made it or I created it. came out in 2018 and I based it off like journal prompts, journal prompts working with a lot of um, adolescents that were dealing with um, trauma and depression. So when I was working at the Behavior Health Hospital, you know, kids just really don't want to talk. They don't know you. Don't. They was like, well, I'm telling you my business. So what I would do, I would give them journal prompts. I'm like, how about you just write about this? And then we'll process. And they will open up so much. So I just went through all their files after a certain amount of time and just grabbed the journal prompts that I had assigned over homework over, you know, maybe yeah. the past couple of years. 
And I put it all in in Microsoft Word document, sent it out to people like in my you know support network. It was like, hey, rate your top ten that you would love to answer. So people didn't know I was doing a book, but I was just like, which journal prompts would you like to answer? So that gave me a lot of feedback on what people were interested in, which okay. was really helpful when it came to selling the book because people was like, oh, I remember I voted for that, or oh yeah, these got some great prompts. So. It, it was so it was so helpful to do that and then the book came out so now even now i just continue to sell the book and it's just Hooray. like hey once you create one source it's like that's a forever source and that's another thing what i like that we're able to do we can create one product yes. and it can sell forever absolutely absolutely so listen i just want to thank you again for um being a guest on the show and i will definitely go to your website look at the links and connect with you on all social media that is posted and definitely supporting you at a, as one black social worker to, to the next, one woman social worker to the next, right? Um, just really um, supporting each other, encouraging one another on this journey and just um, encouraging all the listeners to follow, you know, follow her on her social media sites. Can you give us the website one more time? Yes, X Diablo Shade, so that's A-S-K. D is in dog, E A, B is in victory, I L A, S A, D is in dog, E, X Diablashade.com, which is also the same for my Instagram and our Facebook business page. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so thank you again for sharing the nuggets and um, spilling the tea. I know that the listeners will be blessed by this episode, and um, I'm looking forward to our connection. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you again. Mm-hmm.